Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome into the Keystone Kickoff Show. I am Jim Galante, and you know what? Earlier this week, I had Landon on the show, and I promised, I promised, I made a commitment that we would have more Landon. So guess what? Guess who's on the show co-hosting today? It's my buddy Landon. How you doing, buddy? Jim, doing well, doing well. Thank you for having me on. You know what? There's never much enough Landon on the show. Great to have you on again. And Landon, a quick reminder. You and I are going to be together like all week this week. A reminder, Tuesday night, Landon and I will be out in Phillipsburg at the We Are In. Unfortunately, this is an event for the basketball team, and it is sold out. All right? It's sold out. But we will be broadcasting live from there, 7 o'clock, Tuesday night. You could tune in, 98.7 The Fox in State College. You could go 987thefox.com and stream there. Or I know all of you have our app, Keystone Sports. There'll be a button on there where you can stream the show also from the Fox Sports button. Hope you can do it. It's for a great cause. Uh, Wonderful. I'm really looking forward to it, Landon. We get to rub elbows with the basketball team, the basketball coaches. That's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. A little food, too. Left out the food part. Pat Romano, he knows how to make a mean cheesesteak, among many other things. So, you know, we're real excited to get, get to talk to some of the players, coaches, uh, NIL personnel, that type of thing. It's going to be it's going to be real fun and uh, real, real personal for anybody that tunes in. We get to know some of these basketball players. It, it will be fun. And by the way, just as an aside, a couple weeks ago, I had to quote unquote check the place out, Landon, to make sure it would be fine for our recording. Translation means I had an excuse to have lunch there. Fantastic. As you mentioned, Pat Romano, he does a great job with the food there. If you ever get a chance to go out there to Phillipsburg, really cool place if you're a Penn State fan. He's got all the Penn State memorabilia, all of that stuff. Great, great place. We're looking forward to that on Tuesday night. Landon, let's get back to some football talk, though. Earlier in the week, we had a great show, and we were talking about some of the players, specifically at Penn State, making their decisions. Uh, Do they enter the draft? Do they play in the bowl game? And it kind of morphed into this whole discussion uh, with players and everything that goes on now that has changed just in these last couple years. The transfer portal, NIL, the huge television contracts that are creating this disparity with the Southeast Conference and the Big Ten and everybody else, the entire college football world is changing. And I really wanted to get your perspective on all of that that is going on. And, you know, let's start with this. NIL, where there is now money in in the system for players and that is now part of every decision a player makes whether he's uh being recruited if he's going to stay with the team if he's going to hit the transfer portal it is now all part of every decision a college football player makes yeah it completely changes everything and you know i'd say originally when you you know you're looking at a place to transfer or you know commit to out of high school when you look at it, you know, you're looking at, you know, how far away is it from home? Is this a good place where I can, you know, get some playing time earlier on, uh, you know, the coaches, et cetera. Well, now it's the, the question that every recruiter is asking, how much can you pay me? You know, how much, how much can I get to go here? How much can I get to commit to this spot? Um, and, you know, that is, that is now money, money rules college football. And I think everybody saw it coming. It was going to happen eventually. Um, and, you know, one thing we were talking about off air as well is the fact that, you know, it's just it completely changes just the landscape of just just everything. It's uh, you know, it's it's a lot harder for these coaches to retain players uh, that, that they've built up, especially at smaller schools. 
Um, you know, and, that, and that's got to be hard and, and hurt for coaches. And we've seen some of these coaches go to post game pressers or, you know, maybe they're doing, you know, bowl press and they sit there and they talk about, you know, the fact their players are just getting ripped from them. You know, they're they have a star player that they've built up for two to three years and they've put a ton of time into him and say, you know, maybe you're a Mac school or a smaller, uh, you know, smaller FBS school. And, you know, you put all this time in and now. Oh look, two five hundred thousand dollars is getting offered to him, and he's out the door. He's going to an, you know SEC school, a Big Ten school, um, and that's you know it's some people that don't like it. I, I think it definitely does destroy some of the integrity that that college football had. Uh, but it's you know it's a full on business now. Some people would say you know it, you know it was a business, but it was more you know it was still collegiate football. You still weren't a professional athlete. But, you know, I think I think that's where we're headed really shortly. And I, I think the NCAA uh, kind of did a poor job managing this. I think I think if they knew where we're at sitting here today, you know, right going into 2024 uh, and they could go back in time, I think they would completely just, just scrap this landscape that they have and, uh, you know, just try to make it more. Uh, just just balanced. I think you see a lot of these places and there's so much rumors with NIL and, you know, there's no contracts being signed. There's no official statements. There's no it's a lot of just, oh, this guy's getting paid that or, you know, Marvin Harrison's going to get paid 30 million dollars to stay. And it's like, you know, most of this is just a bunch of it's a bunch of BS. I mean, it's not actually, you know, happening. And there's just a lot of hearsay. And that, that makes it really difficult for coaches because now, you know, coaches hearing, OK, you know, um, you know, this guy wants 150K. He's getting offered by three other schools. You know, I have to try to retain him, um, you know, among, you know, 20, 30 other guys. And, you know, that's what happened. That's what's happening now. You got you have a guy who ha- has a decent year at a program, uh, you know, like Penn State, uh, Ohio State, whatever it may be. And let's not say, you know, maybe you're not a superstar, but you have a good year, you know, saying, hey, hey, coach, I, I had a good year on, you know, a top 10, top 15 program. I got offers, you know, what, what can you do to match it? And if you can't match it, you know, you're out the door. So it's, it's almost like this yearly free agency, uh, which, you know, you can imagine is pretty, would be pretty hectic if that happened in the NFL. So it's, you know, and that, that's part of, you know, you talk about the, the transfer portal too. And I think it completely, you know, I guess complements NIL in the fact that it really just gives these players ammunition and allows them to, basically do whatever they want. I mean, you could play at a college, all four or five a different college every year of your high school, you know, your college career and, and make it killing. Just, you know, you, you job jump, you know, you, you get a job and you try to, you know, get, you know, look for other jobs and maybe bump your salary up 20 K here, you know, 30 K the next year. And sa- same thing with NIL. I'm, I'm making 200 K this year. All right. I have another good year. All right, let me, let, let me try to go get $500,000 from a team on the West Coast, something like that. So you're seeing a lot of that, and it really is, people say NIL is the wild, wild West, and it truly is. There's no rules. Uh, it, it's really hard to navigate. So, I, you know, I think the players and the coaches are doing as best job as they can. Uh, but it, I would I would uh, describe it as, you know, somewhat destructive uh, for, for the college football landscape at the moment. It really is, Landon, but – so many thoughts on this. Mm. First of all, the NCAA, you're right, in my opinion. A couple of years ago, if they would, even if it meant allowing the players to unionize, but provide them that they would have been able to control it if they would have been providing money to the players. But because they didn't do that, it ended up going to court. And you get in front of the Supreme Court, which is what happened. The Supreme Court is never unanimous on anything. Nothing except this, which is, you know what, as a person, you are allowed to use your own name, image, and likeness to to make a dollar. And by the NCAA saying, no, you can't, that's just not right. So Pandora's box was opened, and now it's too late for the NCAA to do anything about it. And you and I, we, we were talking off the air about Will the NCAA, in fact, they've already begun talking about, you know, paying the players, which will have a lot of issues that will go along with it because where's the line? Where do you stop? But that's not going to stop NIL. If you're a star player making a million dollars, you're still going to make that million dollars, even if the schools decided, hey, every player gets $50,000. I'm still going to go to the place that says, hey, by the way, Marvin Harrison, here's another million, right? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, it's 
it's it is really tricky and it's and you talk about it there are some programs that have the philosophy of you know we're going to pay everybody something and then there's programs that you know I, I know especially some of the bigger programs where they're paying their guys that are that are you know that are producing that are putting out numbers uh, and having production on Saturdays um, and I think that's kind of the tricky part for a lot of coaches is navigating this this NIL landscape from a standpoint of your team and locker room because you know in, in the in the NFL everybody's getting paid everybody knows what everybody's getting paid. Um, you know, it's it's completely public knowledge. So that's not you know, that's nothing new. You know, now we're in a world of college football where one I talked about the rumors. So now you're you know, you're in there and let's say, you know, you're a wide receiver and you have another wide receiver in your team. That's pretty good. And, you know, you think you have a better year than him and you hear this rumor. Well, he just signed, you know, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar contract or he, you know, he, he just got this huge, you know, hundred thousand dollar deal that he just signed for, you know, some type of sponsorship. And it's, you know, hey, why, why didn't I get that? You know, what's what's going on now? You go up and, you know, it starts a whole commotion and you're telling the coaches, well, you know, why is he getting this? And I'm not. And I think in a lot of times it's creating a divide in the locker room. And I've heard this, you know, around college football talking to, you know, obviously know a lot of different people at different schools. It's causing a lot of issues because guys, everybody feels like they should be making, you know, X amount of money and they feel they deserve this amount. And, you know, a lot of times guys are going to think they deserve more, you know, than they really do. Um, but it's it's kind of creating a wedge uh, in the locker room of guys, you know, especially teams that aren't paying all their players. Um, and here at Penn State, it's knowledge everybody gets something. So Franklin does a great job of that, making sure everybody gets a piece, um, and then guys can go out on their own uh, and get as you know whatever deals they're able to get. Uh, but there's there's a lot of schools where that doesn't happen, and you know certain guys are getting zero dollars; they're just getting the stipend that they originally got. Well, then you got his teammate who's now living in a mansion, bought a house, has a couple cars. I mean, we've seen that. I mean, my buddy, my guy, I've talked about on the show, Blake Corm. I think he already owns like two different properties. I've seen him have a couple different cars. I mean, and then, you know, there's other guys at the team that are, you know, still living in the dorm, living off a stipend check, eating ramen noodles. So it's, <laughs> it's definitely, it causes a lot of issues and uh, from, from a, from a locker room standpoint. So I think navigating that as a head coach is a not, you know, a new and another, uh, another thing that these coaches have to figure out. Uh, so it's, you know, it go, goes to their philosophy. Uh, but it's, it's, you know, that's, it's creating, it's definitely creating a wedge in, in this, in this NIL world of college football. And so it's something you're gonna have to continue to figure out where I think something like salaries, where everybody knows what everybody's getting, it's understood and expected. Uh, it would, would be a little more beneficial to the players uh, from a locker room standpoint. Uh, Landon, there's a lot more to talk about this and we will pick this up in uh, a segment two. And I, I want to hit on the fact that the NIL did not turn out the way I think people thought it was going to be. It's not just plain name, image, and likeness. We will get into that when we get back. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at keystonesportsnetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. He's Landon. I'm Jim. We are talking about the entire college football landscape. There's the transfer portal. There's NIL. It, it all fits in the large TV contracts. And Landon, I think the biggest issue with NIL, which is what we were talking about as we wrapped up quarter number one, is that it hasn't turned out to be what the intention was. The intention was, hey, look, you can use your, once you get to Penn State or to Ohio State, Michigan, USC, wherever, you could on your own go make a deal somewhere, a local car dealership, or if you win the Heisman Trophy, and you're still coming back for another year of football, you could be at the Heisman house for Nissan. 
And that's on your own. You are being compensated for what your value is, your name, image, and likeness. It's kind of like in the NFL, whether Travis Kelsey is the best player or not, because he's so famous, because of who he's dating, he's probably more valuable now to do a commercial. Just like, no offense, Landon, but that really cute volleyball player might be worth more than you. Because of how she looks. Mm. That's the reality. And that was the intent. But the reality is much different, isn't it? Where it's your value to a school. So it's being promised to draw players as high school recruits. And in the transfer portal, which this was not supposed to happen, which is, hey, come to our school and you will get this amount of money. It was not supposed to get you to the school, correct? Absolutely. I, you know, I think, and I think that's where the NCA messed up with not putting really any parameters on us. Obviously, there's a couple rules, but in reality, there's really no rules at all uh, because, like, not, nothing's official. There's no documents. There's no signing, and that's what we saw. We, we saw that with Texas A&M and a couple other schools in 2021. You know, it became available. NIL became available to everybody on July 1st, 2021. And we saw some schools, you know, just go full steam ahead, dump, you know, oh, tens of millions of dollars into players. And Texas A&M picked up a couple of five stars, really high four stars, and they were supposed to be this amazing team. And I think they were ranked inside the top 15 and then they, they won like three or four games. And, you know, I think that scared that definitely scared some coaches uh, into going just all in. I think it showed some of the dangers that NIL does present. Um, you know, if you remember a little a little bit ago, uh, Nico Lyamaleva uh, with Tennessee quarterback, he was a 2023 quarterback. I mean, it was it was getting reported he was getting eight, nine million to go to Tennessee to play quarterback. And like I said, that that's the whole thing that very well could have not even happened. And the rumors just get put out there similar with the Marvin Harrison thing. And so people don't know. But then, you know, those rumors get out there. And, you know, then there's 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 players going around and saying, you know, hey, this is true. I want this much money from another school. And then other schools are starting to feel inclined and, you know, to, to, to match these offers. And they're trying to call up and these other places say, Hey, is this true? Or are these guys actually getting these type of offers? And, you know, no one wants to tell anybody anything. I, I've definitely heard that from talking to different, uh, especially uh, position, position recruiters, um, you know, within college football is no one wants to share any information. Like it's just, everybody's like mouth, you know, lips sealed, not trying to give anybody what we're doing as our, you know, what's working for our program and NIL, uh, just because I don't think there's, there's not a blueprint on how to really run it. Um, so it's just so new. And then, you know, you talk about it, it's not supposed to be like this at all. And now, you know, you have high school kids completely just committing to places for just mo- for money. I mean, especially if you're a five-star high four-star uh, you know, you're completely being influenced by the amount of money you're getting. And that's pretty much the main conversation that I think a lot of players are having with coaches is, you know, what what can you offer me up front? And then, as I mentioned, you know, none of these are binding contracts. So as we saw with Texas A&M, you know, they lost. They had a lot of problems. They had kids that, you know, got a little bit of money uh, and did some really dumb things. There were things on social media of people just going 100 miles an hour and they're in brand new cars and stuff like that. But now there's Texas A&M players leaving that came in that time. And there, there are, there's been multiple guys that have voiced their opinions on Twitter saying, hey, we didn't get paid anything. You know, I was a five star. I was promised to come here. And, you know, I was promised two, three million dollars. I, I, you know, barely got a dime. And, you know, that that's part of the problem is, you know, there's so many deals being made and kids kids are trusting it. You know, they're 17 years old getting promised a million dollars. And it's, you know, hey, I, I would I would say yes, too. I would take it, too. And, I you know, I think part of the problem is lack of NIL education, especially from a parent standpoint. So I, I'm sitting here coming up with an idea in my head. I'm thinking I need to create like an NIL education thing for these parents or something. It, it can make a lot of money because the, the just where we're at, like I said, it's it's so unique. And no one knows what's going on. I think some people are being, you know, really taken advantage of, uh, you know, players and coaches. Um, so it's it's definitely uh, it's it's the wild, wild west for sure. That's it's it's something that everybody's still trying to figure out how to navigate. And if there is a positive spin, not, I'm glad you brought up Texas A&M as an example. And we as fans do this when we see high school recruiting. Oh, my goodness. They got the five star, the four star guy. That's the end of discussion. And very little is talked about with the intangibles, the character issues, 
things like that. Is this a guy who's going to be a cancer in the locker room? Are they going to create other problems? Is this a selfish player? And Texas A&M, they went out and tried to buy a team, essentially, and did not address those other issues. So I'm guessing there was not a great culture in that locker room, Landon. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a bunch of people that were, you know, really just there to to make money. Uh and that that was that was the end goal for that team. Um I think definitely, you know, shout out to coach Franklin and other coaches who kind of took a step back, said, you know, let's see how this plays out. Uh you know, they did a good job trying to get everybody, you know, everybody on the team something as I as I mentioned in the past. Uh, but not go out there and just throw money at these guys. And like you mentioned, it kind of it creates a really toxic locker room when a bunch of guys are there really just just to make money. Um, and, and there was no playing for each other there. Clearly, it was it, it imploded, and there was no culture to fall back on, no backbone of the team at Texas A&M, and you know just completely you know crumbled. And then you know another thing that we're not really talking about in general is just giving a 17, 18 year old you know real money. We all know it really is a bad mistake. I think these schools need to find some type of way, and I think it'd be it would be really wise if they found some type of you know fund or a bond or something to help put these players' money into. Uh, that maybe maybe even you know I don't know exactly what you can force anybody into that, but just you know being smart with their money. I think we're going to see you know a lot of people have problems down the road with, with NIL as far as, you know, not paying taxes. I already saw something about that. Uh, the guy, this guy hired an NIL agent who's in the NFL now, and he's now suing the, the NIL agent because he essentially told him he didn't need to pay any taxes on his, <laughs> his NIL earnings. The guy made about, you know, 300, 400 K and now he's, you know, he's in some trouble with the IRS. Um, so, you know, stuff like that is just so messy. So I really do think that, you know, now there's, you know, we're having NIL, uh, you know, internal NIL uh, teams made and, you know, appointing people to the staff to help help na- help these players navigate through this. But I think that's going to become more and more um, really just needed for these guys because there's so NIL is just becoming more and more prevalent, more money's being dumped into it. Um, and, you know, just really that just equals more problems. You know, the, the famous saying more money, more problems. It is it is going to be hold very true for the for the, these kids in the NIL landscape. And you brought up a good point. Having such young people who didn't have any money, all of a sudden having real money, there's not this concept of, well, this may need to last me for a long time. And, you know, we're getting the stories of the the cars and all the other things and and not investing it properly. But we also have the situation and uh, we use Texas A&M as an example. And I want to now shift to Ohio State. And I know in our last show we talked about, you know, like Marvin Harrison and the rumor of, you know, would they come up with 15, 20 million dollars to get him to stay another year? And the first time I really heard this theory was with Bijan Robinson last year with Texas. And this was in actually nationally in coverage of the game where one of the announcers was like, yeah, why not? They could get the money and, you know, mm. it could challenge what he would make in the NFL. But it, there's some problems with that and that kind of thinking, which, you know, I'll start with Marvin Harrison. If they say, oh, they could come up with $20 million, let's say they could. But if you've got $20 million, would you spend it on one player as a wide receiver? Or would you say, hey, wait a minute. If I gave $1 million to offensive linemen, I could get five really good offensive linemen, four good defensive linemen, three linebackers. You know, For $20 million, I could put together a really, really good team, whether I have Marvin Harrison or not. So I'm wondering, you know, who is it that's saying we're going to throw all this money at one player? Yeah, I think you're completely right there, Jim. And I think it's it's asinine to spend that much money on one guy. And, you know, not only does that take away from the fact you could spend that on a lot of other people, like you mentioned, but then it kind of creates this almost, you know, and Marvin Harrison, I've actually, I've you know met him a couple of times. He's a good dude, but it almost creates this godlike complex where it's like, all right, he's making an absurd amount of money, you know, more than NFL players are making. And, you know, you still got guys making nothing on the team. And, you know, he's going to be gone in a year anyways. Is it really worth it to dump that much money, uh, you know, into someone 
for, for, for that. And I, you know, I just don't, I don't see the answer being yes. I just, like, like you mentioned, I think that'd be, the money would be much better served uh, to, to splitting it among, you know, a ton of different players, players you can bring in, develop, uh, you know, younger recruits, that, that type of thing. I just, um, get, giving players that much money is a problem. And honestly, I think that's why the NCAA should have found some way to put a cap on that. But, you know, it's hard with the parameters they set. It's, it's really not hard. You, I mean, you just get a booster down the street to to write the check to them. And then, all, you know, just because it's not coming from the athletic department, it's completely legal. So, it, you know, it's really, it's like I said, it's difficult to, to navigate. But, uh, you know, I did see recently that the NCAA did come out and say uh, that I, starting shortly, uh, these collectives that you know you've seen all these different type of collectives uh, are going to be able to be run in house. So you know, meaning Penn State football is going to be able to have a collective that is you know run by Penn State employees uh, on, on the football team. So uh, you know, I think that'll be a lot more beneficial once everybody can be you know on the same page. It's hard. You hear a lot of stories about you know players not getting paid by these collectives, and you know they're they're set up to go do events and they'll they'll go do the events, and then you know the collective doesn't have the money on time. Uh, you know, that type of thing. I, I think it can be a little more, you know, a lot more professional and just, you know, run really just a lot, just a lot better than a lot of these kind of collectives that are just popping up out of nowhere. And there's some people just trying to make a quick buck off uh, off the NIL landscape in college football. So, you know, I think when we start to see these collectives move in-house, uh, it's going to be run a lot more smoothly uh, and, and, you know, just really be more beneficial for the players as a whole. Well, you know what? I, we're not done with this conversation. I still have so many more questions for you, Landon, and we're going to pick that up as soon as we get back. Stay tuned. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number three. He's Landon. I'm Jim. We're talking a little bit different show today. We're talking about the entire college football landscape what's going on with the portal and NIL and what the effect it has. And Landon has had some tremendous insights for us from from an insider, a guy who's been there. And Landon, we were talking a little bit about Marvin Harrison and the discussion of Ohio State people putting together big money, keep them at Ohio State instead of going to the NFL. And, you know, my question to you was, really, if you have $20 million – are you going to invest it in one player? Shouldn't you spread it out? Wouldn't it be better for the team? And that leads me to this, essentially the same discussion has come up on our show before. And even like a year, two years ago, the money was going to quarterbacks. You know, we started to hear this 8 million, 10 million to bring in the best quarterbacks. And it caused me to do some research land. And even there, five-star quarterbacks are hard to come by. And even I'll, I, did my investigation into top 100 players who were quarterbacks. Okay, those were those elite guys. And do you know if you look them over their careers over to I went over to like the previous 8 years, over half of them were a total bust. Wow. More than half of them also transferred. It was only like a handful of them even were still at the same school that they started with, Landon. So I'm, you know, if you're trying to build a team and you've got this pot of money, I'm not sure just throwing it all in on a quarterback is the way to invest it. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right there. And, you know, but you, you do look at, you know, look around college football right now and you see all these top quarterbacks that are succeeding right now. Talk about Jaden Daniels was at Arizona State. Bo Nix was at Auburn, uh, you know, Washington. You got uh he, he Michael was at, Penix. Mike, Michael Penix was obviously at Indiana. Uh, so many, I mean, DG, uh, DJ Ulungale was at Clemson, really doing well at, at Oregon State. So, you know, you're looking around, a lot of these quarterbacks are actually finding a lot of success at, at a second or third school. 
And, you know, they, all quarterbacks that were really highly rated coming in um, and and ended up really struggling and they were thought to be a bust. And, you know, the, the transfer portal world kind of saved them, so to speak. Uh, so, you know, there is that argument uh, for, you know, paying for a lot for a quarterback, but also for the transfer portal and how, it, how it's open. I think it's caused a lot of discourse, but at the same time, it, it has given a lot of opportunity uh, you know, to people, you know, we've all been in a situation where you kind of see a guy and you just don't think, you know, all right, he's not going to be able to fully grow here. And you kind of, you're happy for him. You want him to go somewhere else. We've talked about that, like Christian Veyer, uh, you know, that type of situation where you, you know, you're like, you, you understand this isn't going to be the best opportunity for a guy, you know, to succeed at, uh, and, you know, go, go be somewhere else. Uh, and, you know, so the landscape of NIL and the transfer portal does does present that opportunity, and we've seen I think probably the top five quarterbacks. I mean, I mean from this year, we're almost all transfer portal guys. Um, so you know, it does beg the question: Do you want to go out in, in the transfer portal and get one of these quarterbacks that maybe hasn't you know done as well at another school, but he's really talented, and you think you can develop him, or you know, or do you want to go and you want to put your money into a younger quarterback who you know was a five star, high four star? Uh, you know, has potential, but, you know, hasn't played at the collegiate level at all. Uh, so that's that's definitely another thing that, that college coaches have to to look over is, you know, do we do we want to really put this much time into a high school guy or do we want a guy who's, you know, a baller now, but we got to, you know, we got to find a way to bring it out of them. You bring up a good point, and that is the positive to the portal is players who may not be getting a chance where they're at, and you could have multiple running backs in the same backfield, and it's okay. You could rotate multiple defensive ends, but at quarterback, there's always the guy. And if you're not the guy, it's time to move on. You mentioned Christian Vayu. Well, when you know uh, Drew Aller was named number two behind Sean Clifford, when someone who was a year behind you passes you on the depth chart at quarterback, it's probably time to move on. And I don't think anyone would have any problem with those guys to do. Joe Burrow leaving Ohio State, mm. going to LSU, winning a national championship and becoming a great NFL quarterback. Jalen Hurts getting beat out in Alabama and going to Oklahoma with all those quarterbacks. But there's a different situation. You brought up the smaller school. If you're Indiana with Michael Penix, we saw what Michael Penix can do. He moves on to a better situation than Indiana. So you also have that part of it. But, I, you know, I think the best case case study is we were talking Marvin Harrison at Ohio State. I want to talk to you about Kyle McCord also mm-hmm. at Ohio State. Five-star guy coming into Ohio State. His numbers look fine. He wasn't phenomenal, but, you know, it was his first year as a starter. Finishes 11-1. and one. They lose to Michigan by one score, and he's in the portal. So now what? We have so many stories. Was he a disappointment at Ohio State? The story goes that he was. He and his father or family went to Ryan Day and said, hey, you know, what's the story for next year? Well, we can't guarantee you're the starter. There's competition. And they could also say, can't guarantee more NIL money either. So... Kyle McCord's out the door. If you're an Ohio State fan, well, if you want him back, you say there's no loyalty there, right? But that's just a case study in the reality of playing quarterback now. It is, yeah. It's, you know, a lot of a lot of moving pieces for these quarterbacks. And like I said, I mean, you see different quarterbacks go different places and have a lot of success. Uh, but, you know, kind of stepping away from the NIL standpoint, I, I think that, you know, I, I don't blame Ohio State at all for looking at that and saying, hey, we, we can't guarantee you anything. You know, you look back at Ohio State. I mean, they've had an elite quarterback for a long time. I mean, you talk about Cardell Jones, JT Barrett, Justin Fields, you know, CJ Stroud. I mean, it's just like one after the other. Uh, they just keep having these guys that are just really elite talents. And I think this is the first year. And I, I think a lot of people knew this. I don't think it was a secret that, 
Kyle McCord wasn't an elite guy. He wasn't going to come in and be what they had, you know, last year in CJ Stroud. Um, he was going to, you know, he, the guys around him, he, you know, he needed those guys to kind of elevate him. Marvin Harrison, uh, you know, Travion Henderson, those type of guys, uh, you know, to elevate him. But I, I think Ohio State kind of knew, and I, I think they had to find it out because, you know, he was, he was the guy. He was next in line. Marvin Harrison's quarterback in high school. Um, I lost to them my sophomore year. It was I'm still salty about it. So <laughs> lost my one point to St. Joe's prep. They, they they were a solid team, and I can promise you, Marvin Harrison had three touchdowns against us. So he was still doing the same thing that he was doing now in high school. But uh, you know, I, so I think it's hard for Ohio State to look at that and say, "Hey, we've been so impressive at quarterback, uh, you know, over the past 10, 15 years. You know, how, how can we just settle?" in a world where it's so easy to go out and just grab and get a guy, you know, you, you see LSU go out and get a Jaden Daniels, who's now, you know, the Heisman winner, uh, you know, to see that and be like, you know, we're Ohio state and we, you know, we have money, we have this opportunity. There's no way you, you can't just sit there and say, you know, Kyle, you got the job. It's, it's yours. You have to, you know, at least say, you know, it's going to be a competition. Or we're going to bring someone in. And, you know, a lot of people nowadays don't, necessarily really want to compete and you know I think I know that doesn't mean you know this wasn't the best decision for Kyle McCord I think you know and it's looking like it's being reported as of now that he's probably going to commit to Syracuse although not official um you know a, a spot like that is that somewhere where we can go and now you know who knows maybe he puts together a season like these guys like Bo Nix like Jaden Daniels like Michael Penix where he goes somewhere else and really succeeds in just kind of a different environment um I, you know I think a lot of times when guys come in, especially five stars, there is there the expectations are high on them, and it's 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 not easy. And we've talked about I've talked about this previous on the show when you know you have a first round draft pick versus a seventh round draft pick. Uh, a lot of times, a seventh round draft pick can can just turn out better because the expectations, the pressure on him isn't as much. He has time to develop. Uh, you know, he feels like he actually you know has time to learn the playbook and kind of understand what we're doing. Instead, when you're a first round pick, a five star. You know, it's like, dude, you're expected to come in and be a stud right away. Unfortunately, too many guys have have done that where it's almost the expectation now if you're going to come in and make an impact instantly. And it's like if you don't, oh, you're out of here, which, I, you know, I think back in the day, you know, those younger guys, you had time to develop. I mean, you look at Penn State and Joe Pa, they, you know, you weren't even allowed to play as a freshman. So there's, you know, there's, there's a lot there's a lot that goes into that. But I, you know, I completely understand Kyle McCord and I understand Ohio State from both angles of you know why they're doing what they're doing and you know why Kyle McCord made the decision to 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 transfer away. Well, I don't think there's a bad guy in the situation. You know, for Ohio State to say we have a certain standard at quarterback and look at how many quarterback free agents there are out there mm-hmm. and success stories in the past, you know, the list of names that we brought out there. But I think it's also telling that uh, you know, Kyle McCord, he's not talking about going to Oregon or LSU or, you know, a school like that. It's Syracuse. And prior to that, it was the rumor was Nebraska. And again, I'm using this, you know, as a bit of a case study. Nebraska, it looked like that was pretty much locked up. He was going to Nebraska. Well, Nebraska has a high school recruit uh, who is the number, I think, the number one quarterback mm. coming in this year who was committed elsewhere. I think he's from Nebraska or is a legacy father played there or something. So there's a connection there. And it looks like he's going to shift to Nebraska. And, you know, I'm not sure it was whether Kyle McCord said, oh, wait a minute, I don't want to compete against that. Or if Nebraska said, hey, look, we're going to go with the youngster. And that's a decision a school has to make also. Penn State hasn't brought a transfer quarterback in. They haven't gone down that path, uh, Landon. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, Jim. And, I, you know, I think we're also at a point in time where, you know, we were able to bring in Drew and Bo at the same time. And obviously, you know, it was thought of that Drew was, you know, a step above, above Bo. Um, but, you know, now you're in a world where, you have to pay your quarterback a certain amount of money or, you know, they're not going to come. That's, you know, that's the reality of college football now. You know, I'm sure different teams have different, you know, salaries, so to say, uh, for their quarterbacks, but that's that's going to be the biggest budget. And I think when you're, you know, deciding between a Kyle McCord or a Dylan, uh, Dylan Raioli, it's, it's hard because you have a budget. You're not going to be able to pay both of them. So I don't – I think that's a big part of it too. I, you know, 
before NIL, you could bring in two guys, and if they wanted to compete, you know, good. And then, you know, whoever loses, probably, you know, sayonara, they'll, they'll go somewhere else. But, you know, you can't even really do that anymore because of how much you're having to pay guys. Unless a guy wants to come in and, you know, and pretty much compete with not too much money on the table, it's, you know, it's like, how are you going to do that? And then you go from a standpoint of let's say you bring in a guy who's a highly touted, whatever it may be, you know, transfer a high five star and they aren't good and someone else starts over them. It, you know, what do you do? You still pay them? It's it's a difficult conversation, especially if you've made some kind of commitment to that. The five star. Exactly. Guy. It, it puts coaches in a tough position. All right. We've got one more quarter to go. Stick with us. We got more in quarter four. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. We headed to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number four. He's Landon. I'm Jim. Just one more quick reminder. Tuesday night, we will be at the We Are In in Phillipsburg, PA. Pat Romano does a great job running that place. Great food. Again, the event to benefit the basketball team, it is sold out. But we will be doing a special live show, a special Keystone tip-off show, 7 o'clock Tuesday night. Landon and I will be hosting it. Hope you can tune in. All right, Landon, we've been talking about the big uh, picture in college football, which means transfer portal. It means NIL. And they are intertwined so much. And we were talking about Kyle McCord as, you know, a bit of that case study. And you brought up a great point I hadn't thought about. They're choosing to go with the number one quarterback recruit in the country, perhaps over Kyle McCord. But the fact is, there's still a budget. NIL isn't unlimited at every school. To bring in both high-priced guys just isn't reality. So the quarterback position, though, is unique. And I read a statistic a a little bit ago, Landon. You talked about Penn State bringing in Drew Aller, Bo Perbula in the same year. That something like 80% of the quarterbacks who don't start a game in their first two years transfer. And you might say, well, gee, it's already set in stone. They're not going to be playing. Mm. Well, wait a minute. Your redshirt a year, have your redshirt freshman year. You have three years of eligibility left. You could be a three-year starter at that school, but 80% of those quarterbacks, they're gone. To me, that was just an amazing statistic. Yeah, no, that is a really interesting stat. And, you know, I I will say that, you know, there's definitely something to be said for staying somewhere and sticking it out, uh, you know, competing and, you know, kind of understanding that your time will come. And, you know, obviously there is different scenarios where, as we mentioned, if there's someone younger than you on the depth chart that's ahead of you, it's probably time to go. But, you know, I do think there are those scenarios where, you know, you come in and a guy is two to three years older than you and you can actually kind of learn from him, you know, take your time. And, and you know, I think that's something that we were just talking about where, you know, the expectations and I, I think too often guys are so excited to get out there and play and now the ability to make a lot of money and, you know, fame and all that in college football, um, you know, they, they lose sight of the fact that especially at quarterback, how important it is to be developed, you know, and developed well. Uh, and not only just from a, a physical standpoint, but especially a mental standpoint. You, I mean, you have to be able to withstand, uh, you know, some serious, you know, hate, all that you know, stuff from the fan base, uh, you know, guys on your team. I mean, you have to understand how to lead a team correctly. Uh, you know, so I really do think, you know, there obviously are those those rare cases where a guy comes in freshman year and he's a stud right away at quarterback, and you know, he knows how to lead and all that type of stuff. But I, I do think there's something to be said for you know, sitting behind someone for a year or two, you know, understanding 
you know, how to be a quarterback, like I said, how to be a leader, how to really run an offense uh, and learn that. And then, you know, when you get in a game, you're much more comfortable. You've already probably played in a couple blowout games earlier in the season, that type of thing. Um, but I, I think that kind of completely goes out the window with NIL. And, you know, nowadays my generation is so impatient and, you know, they, it's, it's hard for us to, to work for a whole lot or, or wait for anything because everything's at our fingertips these days. So it is really difficult for us to, to say, hey, I'm going to wait three years from the time I get here till I'm starting. And I think if you say that to most high, especially higher four or five star recruits, they're going to say you're out of your mind. There's zero chance that's happening. And I think that's why the statistic is at 80 percent, you know, of guys who haven't played in their first two years are out of there because guys, they're just you know, they don't they're not willing to to put that time in and sacrifice that time to then benefit them in the future. But I think a lot of guys aren't seeing it that way. They're seeing I need you know, I need to make an impact now. I need to make money now when in reality, it's best for the situation to take a year or two and and really learn and sit on that bench and develop. Uh, Landon, first of all, I'd like to congratulate you for your self-awareness about your generation. (laughs) Very good, my friend. And, you know, we talk often about the transfer portal and the NIL as fans as being, you know, this evil thing. But on the plus side, we mentioned about the quarterbacks who've made those changes, and it's for the best – you know, Bo Nix, the best decision he ever made was going to Oregon. You could probably say the same thing about Michael Penix, even if he would have been the starting quarterback at Indiana. Getting to Washington it was a great decision. The fact is, though, Indiana then gets affected by it. So part of this, we talked about those lesser teams losing stud players, but there's also just situations where you move and it's better you and I have talked about Chop Robinson because you knew him from high school days. He probably he went to Maryland and probably was playing out of position for his skill set. He comes right to Penn State and essentially he's a star from day one. And you know, at defensive end, a couple of years ago, we saw the same thing with Arnold Ibikini. Yeah, going from Temple to Penn State. So there are a lot of really good things that come with the portal completely having nothing to do with NIL money. Yeah, I think there's a lot of player misuse and, you know, not understanding completely how how to use a player to his best ability. Uh, As you mentioned, I still remember when Coach Pry was still here and I was having conversations with him. I'm like, dude, we got to get Chop here. I mean, he's like 100%. He was like, you let him know. And, you know, at the time, you're not allowed to talk. You're not allowed to talk to other players. You can't recruit. He said, you know, you let him know, you know, I want him to come here and be a rusher. And he, you know, said jokingly, I, I saw how they used him in Maryland. And that's, it's pretty sad, honestly. And, and I remember having a conversation with Chop and, uh, you know, it was, he was completely in, in agreement that he wanted to come here and, you know, rush the passer. Be, I think at the time it was right after Micah left. And he said, you know, we want to, we want to use you like Micah, but turns out he's, he's just as good with the hand in the dirt and just full on rushing that passer. And then you see the same thing with Jaden Daniels leaving Arizona state. And I don't know if you've seen this video, but some people, you can look it up if you haven't seen it. There's videos of when Jaden Daniels announced, you know, him leaving to the LSU, his teammates went in and completely trashed his locker, started throwing stuff on it. You can, you know, you look it up, it's, it's bad. And there's people in the background saying you're trash anyways, all this stuff. So there was a bunch of, you know, kind of this comeback when he won the Heisman saying, hey, Arizona State, how, how are you doing now? He's, he's over here winning the Heisman. I don't, I don't even know how many games they won, but I can't imagine it was too many this year. So there definitely is that that misuse of a player. And, you know, they go somewhere else and they're, you know, appreciated and the coach understands how to use them to their best ability. Um, so, I, you know, there is that positive side, as you said, to, to the, you know, NIL transfer portal landscape. Uh, of, you know, players being used to their maximum, you know, maximum ability when they're not, you know, being used correctly in another situation or scenario. One of the things, Landon, that I think gets lost in all this, and you and I have talked about this, the fan base where, you know, there was after losing to Michigan, some fans reacting to Coach Franklin in such a negative way. And I will be critical of him when I think it's warranted, but I don't think he gets enough credit for the atmosphere and the culture that is created at Penn State. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I just can't imagine anything like what you just described at Arizona State happening at Penn State. 
Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. And I, you know, it's it's one of those things. Certain places do just have a culture to them. There's, you know, even if there's a coaching change in general, certain places just have a culture that, you know, every when you come in, you kind of just feel it. You understand it. There's okay. There's a certain standard here. And I think we have that at Penn State. Really, no matter, you know, at the end of the day, you know, down years down the road, however many coaches change, you know, in the future, they're always going to have a certain standard, you know, at Penn State um success with honor i mean that that type of thing you're gonna have that always at penn state and so when you know especially in the nil world where anything goes and everybody's all these young guys are getting paid you know millions of dollars it's easy to kind of fall into that trap and and say hey i want to go get this five star four star so i think it's a it's coach franklin has done a fantastic job navigating nil and like i said when it first kind of popped off and everybody was scrambling. Some teams were scrambling and saying, oh, we, we got to throw millions of dollars at these kids. You know, Coach Franklin said, hey, you know, we're not going to pay anybody any more money, you know, than who, someone who hasn't played here. We're not going to pay them more money than someone who's playing here. That's that's first off. And I think that's that's definitely another issue is you either have a freshman or a guy transferring in. Uh, and it's like, you know, now he's you know now making the most money on the team. And we're sitting there in winter workouts. And I see him pull up in his brand new Rolls Royce or something. And I'm, I've been here for three or four years and I don't have anything to show for it except a couple of stipends. And it's like, hey, man, uh, what's going on? So I think, you know, keeping that locker room culture uh, strong and, you know, making sure that these players don't, don't start to get too selfish and just, you know, start to just care about themselves. And you see it a lot in the NFL. You see guys that don't get the ball and they pout or, you know, something doesn't go right and, you know, they throw their helmet and stuff. And that type of stuff doesn't happen here at Penn State because of the culture we built. Uh, and that's, you know, when the players really understand that and when you start to have the players enforce that type of thing, that's when you know you have a strong culture because it's one thing to have a coach enforcing something, assistant coaches enforcing something. But when you have players that understand, hey, this is the culture, we're holding our guys to this standard and we're not going to accept anything less. That's when you have a, a real team that has a possibility of, of, of you know, a real chance at a, at a championship. Because uh, when you don't have that, it, it creates, a, creates a weak team. And then you have a, you know, drop, drop a loss to a team you're not supposed to lose to, something like that that's when you see the teams just fully implode because uh, they, they don't have a backbone. They don't have a culture to fall back on. So you're, you're absolutely right. Coach Franklin deserves uh, a lot of credit for how he's navigated the NIL uh, landscape. But, you know, it definitely is. It, it's time to where everybody's getting a lot of money now. So, you know, you do get to a certain point where you're going to have to go out and you're going to have to give guys some money, though. There, You know, I think we're at that point in NIL where earlier on no one kind of really knew what was going on and who was getting paid what. But there is an understanding now that, hey, a, a good quarterback costs, you know, probably at least a million dollars or more. You know, a really good wide receiver is going to cost you a lot. I mean, that's there is that understanding now in the college football landscape. And But, you know, Coach Franklin has done a fantastic job kind of understanding that. Uh, and he's really went about it in a really professional, uh, beneficial way for this team in the locker room. And he's done, I think, a great job navigating the transfer portal just in terms talent-wise. It's not a portal team, but he does fill holes. You know, guys like Trey Potts comes mm -hmm. in and plays behind the two uh, stud running backs. We've talked about the defensive end. Johnny Dixon was a transfer guy. What a great player. It's Almost to a man, these transfers have Hunter Norzad, just some great selections, Landon. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Those those type of guys, you want to get, you know, go out, get high-impact guys, good guys, you know, for, for the culture that fit the culture of the team. That's still really important to Coach Franklin, not just getting anybody. Um, but, it, you know, like you said, getting some key impact players in the portal, but not trying to build a whole roster of, you know, transfer portal players. Uh, so, yeah, he's he has done a fantastic job of that and, you know, continue on this offseason picking up guys. Fantastic, Landon. The show went fast. Thanks for doing double duty this week. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are.